happy episode one. Yeah. Okay. I'm being crazy, but no, seriously, I have been waiting so impatiently for the last week and a half to get an episode out. And it was solely because, um, I got, I was just excited to be able to interact with everybody, but I, the reason I waited was because a, I wanted to make sure that like whatever topic I picked, it was actually something that I was committed to, um, to speaking on. And that it was something that, you know, I, like I wanted, you know, how they tell you to, um, like, instead of getting a tattoo, like get a temporary one and wear it for a little while and see if you're really committed to it, you know, and if you don't still love it at the end of, you know, X amount of days, then you probably shouldn't get the tattoo. Right. So I think that's what I was doing. I just, <laughs> I didn't want to, um, I wanted to make sure that whatever topic I talked about was something that I felt worthy of kind of coming out of the gate. And also if I had recorded it earlier, I'd have been real childish and I would have been like, Oh no, I, who says I have to wait until Sunday. I can just go ahead and release it now. So I did it to control my own childish urges of being impatient. So, um, here's episode one and, uh, thanks for joining me. Right. Um, what I wanted to discuss was something that has been popping up a lot for me lately. Um, and not, me specifically, because I would like to think I kind of have mine in check, but I actually posted about it on my social media, uh, on Instagram. You can actually find me talks with Tasha podcast, um, is my handle on IG, but I saw this uh, image and I shared it on my, um, on my account because I felt like it was something that people needed to hear again, apparently. Um, like I just needed to put it out in the airwaves. Um, and the words on it, it says real growth is when you start checking and correcting yourself instead of blaming others, you take your power back by being responsible for your life. And of course I did what I usually do, which is one of these long elaborate, well, this was actually a rather short one, but my caption just said, stop blaming everyone else just to stay in your own way. A little introspective thought never hurt nobody. But consistently pointing the finger at others is sure to be the death of greatness. The woe is me is never cute when you caused it by your own doing. And it loses its luster when you willfully decide to reside there. Either get your act together, seek counseling to help you get better, or admit that you've decided to be a victim for life. That whole thing is just something that it, it drives me crazy. And I think any, anybody who's listening who has had that person or those people that, you know, are in their social circle that they work with, or even worse yet, it's one of your family members that has this victim mindset of everything is always everybody else's fault. And, you know, there's nothing they can do about it because everybody else is holding them back or whatever, like all the negative things in their life is because of something or somebody else, right? Like it's never, ever their fault. It's so frustrating to have to deal with that person. It's so hard to have to deal with them because we get it, you know, like things things happen. And sometimes you just want to vent. You just want to have somebody to be able to talk to and tell them, you know what, man, like this month has been hard. It's been really hard for me. Or, you know, if you're struggling with 
parenting or a relationship or whatever, like you want to vent. But then those aren't the people that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who it's always something negative and it's always somebody else's fault. It, it doesn't matter how positive you try to be in their life. That is their natural bend. And they, unless they decide that they don't want to stay there, they, they will forever be that type of person. So as the outside, you kind of have a choice to make. You can either call them on it and say, you know what, look, the reason you're dealing with all of this craziness is because you choose to deal with it. And because, you know, you keep doing the same stuff that you've been doing for the last 10 years. So why are you expecting something different? AKA insanity, right? They, you can, you can bring that up to them and let them know, like, this is, this is of your own doing, or you can get totally fed up and just walk the other way and have nothing to do with that person. Personally, I try to give it a little bit of space. Like I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and say that, you know what, this is just right now. This isn't, you know, uh, a permanent condition for them. And sometimes I'm right. And sometimes I realize I got to let that person go. And I don't feel bad about it because I, <laughs> they have to make that choice on their own. Just like I've had to make the choice of looking at myself and taking a very real inventory and seeing what is it that I am doing or am not doing that uh, enables me to consistently align myself <laughs> with romantic partners who are not good for me. I'm not saying that they're not good, period. I'm saying that they're not good for me. And um, I had to like, you know, I, I had to be real with myself. I had to be real honest. And it was almost like I a lot, like I enable myself to be in a place of delusion for visions of grandeur. I, I always want to see the best in everybody. I always want to believe that everybody will be great and everybody is seeking out their greater purpose to be great, to be amazing, to be a wonderful human being when their final day comes, right? But the truth is that's not everybody. A lot of people are exactly who they show you that they are. And I was making up this potential in my mind that, <laughs> that no, they'll be great. They'll be awesome. And no, I was completely wrong. Um, they weren't a good match for me. But all the red flags were there and I, was, I would overlook them. I would overlook them for potential. So just like I have to have sit down and have those conversations, if I ever want to have the possibility of having a happy and healthy and whole romantic relationship, I need to fix my own stuff. It's not these guys' fault. It's mine because I was choosing them of my own free will. So I can't sit back and say, you know, well, no, there's no good guys out there or, you know, all men are trash or whatever. No, it's just the ones that I was picking weren't good matches for me. The ones that I was aligning myself with were not good matches for me. So I have to own that. And I have to, you know, eat some humble pie and <clears throat> say, oh, hell, Natasha, you don't even know what you want. Like, you're not even good at picking your own partners. And as much as, I, you know, I might joke about it now, but that's that's a tough thing to deal with whenever you've been married before, whenever you've you know created life with someone before lo and behold you really didn't even know yourself you know so you 
created a life haphazardly. Thank God, you know, things turned out the way that they did. And I have amazing kids out of the deal. But the truth is, is that I, I was, you know, setting my kids up for disappointment, honestly. And these are hard pills that I have to swallow because I made those choices. And whenever you take the time to really look at where the mistakes happen, or let me not say mistakes, because mistakes has such a, uh, a negative, you know, feel to it. And not necessarily mistakes, but a misstep, right? You could have done better in that step. Um, whenever you, you recognize it and you own it, then you can work to do better from it. And that's the, that's where I am in the process. I'm not going to sit here and blame everybody else because me blaming my exes, me blaming, you know, any other guys that I talked to or whatever, that does nothing to make it better for me moving forward. But another thing that it also does is whenever I take the time to recognize it and acknowledge it on my own, I take ownership of it so nobody else can weaponize it and use it against me. It's like B-Rabbit in uh, the movie Eight Mile that Eminem was in, where he went into that rap battle and the guy he was going against, B-Rabbit knew what the guy was going to say about him. He knew he was going to talk about him being a white dude in the rap game. He knew he was going to talk about him, you know, having a girlfriend who was cheating on him. He knew he was going to talk about, you know, B-Rabbit's mom being broken, you know, strung out on drugs. Like he knew all of these things that the guy was going to say. So what does B-Rabbit do? As soon as they give him the microphone, he takes the option of going first and he goes on and just spews out everything. Every negative thing that this dude could have said about him, B-Rabbit went on and said it. So you know what that did? That basically made the, the guy have to come up with some new material. <laughs> come, up, come up with something that I don't know. Come up with something that I'm not aware of. And that's, that's for me, that's how I get to walk around in life. Like I know where I've, you know, I made some less than desirable choices. I know where I've done some crazy things and I know the role that I played in whatever aspect of my life may have gone on to, uh, gone off tilt. I, I can acknowledge those and I can sit here and give you the blueprint if you want to repeat it yourself. But what it does is, is it doesn't allow other people to use those things negatively against me. So there's freedom in that, right? I can walk around and I don't, I have... I'm not going to say zero shame. I might have like 0.5 degrees of shame. I don't even know how shame would be measured or whatever, but like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really embarrassed about anything about my life because I've already had to check myself on it. I've already had to cry myself about it and be embarrassed myself about it and be disappointed myself about it. So somebody else saying something about, about it doesn't even stress me at all. So there's that freedom to just live my life on my terms and with my goals and my desires in front of me and not feel like I have to jump through these obstacles to avoid, well, what if so-and-so, you know, realizes I'm not perfect? Well, I've admitted it to myself countless times that I am not perfect and I'm okay with that. But there's freedom in that. So when, when we want to sit back and blame everybody else, we prevent ourselves from growing. And whenever we want to deny our shortcomings and our shortfalls but out of shame or embarrassment, all we do is allow everybody else the opportunity to make us feel even worse about what it is that we've gone through or what we've done. So I, I would just hope that 
you know, as, uh, you know, the people that listen to these podcasts, whether you are that person who is Debbie Downer, negative Nathan, whatever you want to call it, you know, the woe is me kid, the forever victim, you, you're really not doing yourself any favors. I mean, if you, if you want to be complacent with that sort of life for eternity, then you go ahead and you enjoy that. But you don't gain sympathy from the masses because of it. Like there's so much more to be gained in, you know, in being proud of your accomplishments than having everybody feel sorry for you. Having everybody, you know, just feel sorry because you want to let the world, you know, the world define whether you're happy or not. You got to go out and get that on your own. And if you really are happy with that, with the victim life, just shut up about it. Stop, stop whining. Cause this is what you've chosen for yourself. And those of us who are around those sort of people, I feel like we have a responsibility to, to check them on it, to either say, Hey, look, you know, all of this is going this way because this is kind of what you keep asking for. This is what you want. You have not changed your, your manner of thinking, your way of living, none of it. You haven't changed anything in X amount of years, but yet you're expecting something different. No. So we can, you know, work with them to correct it or we can walk away from them and let them enjoy that life of misery and, and that, you know, never ending pity party on their own. But there's no rule and there's no law that says that we have to sit back and enable the, the, you know, all the festivities and fanfare of that, that pity party. It's just ridiculous. And I, I really wish I could, you know, let people see like a glimpse of, Hey, if you stop feeling sorry for yourself, if you stop walking the same path, this is how good things could be. And it's not saying that stuff is going to be perfect because God knows like my life is not perfect at all. But I commit to going to bed every night knowing that I genuinely did live my best life. And I'm not talking about some like, you know, go out and party type stuff, you know, or live in some extreme life. I'm just saying like living my life as best as I possibly could with what I was given, with the resources that I was given, given in that day. And I, I want to put my head down and rest peacefully and wake up the next day and try to do better. That's it. But there's some people who, you know, they won't even be content with that. Those sort of people I genuinely feel are just toxic, <laughs> you know, in, in every aspect of the word, you know, you can try all you want, but they're just not gonna, they're not gonna be anything greater than what it is that they desire for themselves. So I can, you know, actually give examples, you know, there was uh, a friend that I was helping out, you know, it was, I can't get a job, you know, things are so rough, it's so hard. I said, well, you know what, let me look at your resume. So I went on and I, I helped out, like, you know, I got got his resume together. Everything looked good, looked great. I went on to um, a couple of job boards, set up, you know, set up accounts and whatnot. And immediately started getting, you know, job offers, uh, uh, um, requests for interviews and everything in his, in his field of work. Um, and actually, uh, a few of them were actually with pay raises. So we go on and 
we're all excited. We're, you know, I'm like, yes, you see, you're, you're going to get the life that you wanted. And lo and behold, the excuses came, you know, it was time for the interviewers. Oh, I'm not feeling good. Or, you know, when it was time to go and get the job, they, you know, didn't like the fact that the job had to start at, you know, six in the morning and they got off at three. It was, there was some sort of excuse. So there are some people that know you can literally take the horse, lead it to water, shove its head in the water and help it drink. And it's still going to say that, uh, no, it would rather sit on the side and die of thirst. So you kind of got to leave those people to their own demise. And the older I get, maybe it's, you know, because I'm just getting old and I don't have time to be playing around with people. But I just, I don't have the patience for it. And I really do wish that, you know, the people who are listening to this, if your friends or those around you are saying that you have a victim mentality, that you, you know, um, you complain too much or whatever, like really stop and think, you know, is that, is the complaining what gives you comfort? And if it is, you might want to, you know, dig deeper into that and find out why. Why are you happy with the complaints? Why are you happy with, you know, the negative outlook on everything? So I just, um, I wanted to touch on that topic and I'm sure there's so much more that can be said about it. I would actually like to hear, you know, for those of you who have people in your life who, um, who tend to act that way, I would like to know, how is it that you deal with those people? You know, do you, limit your interaction, or, you know, have you become, you know, basically numb to the things that they say and do, you know, when it comes to the, the, you know, the nonstop invite to their pity party, like, how do you handle that? Because I'm not, I don't do well with it at all. I, I just, I'll shut you out and I will walk in the opposite direction because it's just emotionally draining for you because I, I do get so invested into people emotionally that whenever they start to stay negative all the time for somebody like me who likes to stay positive and upbeat majority of the time it is just too, it's too much to bear so if i mean if it comes down to it you know i will always choose me the only people that i will not choose myself over are my children otherwise i will always choose me so i want to i want to know you know what your take on that is so I appreciate you guys um, listening to episode one and I am definitely looking forward to episode two because I already know what the topic will be. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. Give me whatever feedback it is that you have. As time goes on, we will um, add more time, take away time, depending on you know how you feel. But I don't want to bore everyone to death with just my voice nonstop. So um, I'm, I'm looking, you know, forward to hearing what what are your thoughts on, you know, the format of it? Are there extra things that you would want me to add in or, you know, um there's, you know, a different perspective that you might have on, you know, um you know, every two weeks versus every every week or once a month. I don't know, but I'm I'm open to um to constructive criticism. You can email me at Talks with Tasha podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, my handle on IG is Tasha Talks with Tasha podcast. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook with the same name. So 
I look forward to hearing from you guys and um, I will see you, well, not see you, <laughs> but I will hear from you in, uh, or you'll hear from me in two weeks. Take care of yourself.